Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so great to be with you today. Are you finding that you are struggling with the amount of change going on in the world or in your company or in your family? Are you starting to see that in order to adapt, you are going to need to be an aggressive learner, but you are struggling with how to do it effectively. And given how little time you have these days, how to do it efficiently. In this first episode of the Science of Learning series, which will be a periodic series as opposed to a consecutive series, which means episodes will drop every now and then as opposed to consecutively, like our other series, we begin to look at how we can learn as fast as the world is changing. Today, we look at reading. Let's walk. Out walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as we are able. In the last 8% morning, we walk. We integrate movement and mindfulness and mental training exercises. This is drip learning to lead a better life so that we can have the relationships and career and life that we want. So we start by moving. So feeling your feet on the ground. Feeling your belly rise and fall. Just grounding ourselves in this moment. Letting go of whatever you were thinking or doing and just arriving in this moment. Mindfulness is being present, not pushing away whatever experience we are having in the moment. And in fact, befriending, welcoming the moment. So just feel your hands and arms as they swing, as you walk. It's really important that you walk as you are able or move as you are able in this podcast. That's part of the design, an important part of the design. So if you're listening to this in a car or at your desk, turn it off and go for a walk. So we're just present in this moment. Being more in our body. Feeling our physical sensations. feeling our belly rise and fall, being more in our breath. Being more with whatever is present. Maybe we're a bit agitated today. Maybe we're a bit low in mood. Can we just accept that? That's part of the mindfulness practice. So every day, we're going to start our day in this way, being present, accepting whatever is, which doesn't mean we are passive. It just means we're having a wiser relationship to what is happening to us, what our experience is. 
standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. And if our mind wanders, just note that it's wandered. Let it be and come back to this experience of movement and belly rising and falling. How glorious it is to be present in this moment. Feeling our breath right down into our toes, calming this body and releasing tension as we breathe out. Why do we do the last 8% morning? Because we want to build those skills, that capacity, so that we can take on our most challenging moments, our more difficult situations, our last 8% situations, so that we can use our last 8% situations to transform ourselves into the best version of ourself so we can live courageously and without regret. And a big part of this is learning. So now moving to our idea of the day where now we think about how can we use learning to help us on our path? If it's true that we need to learn as fast as the world is changing, and it is, why is it that some people are able to more aggressively learn than others? What do we know about the science of learning? There will be many answers to this question in this periodic series on the science of learning. Today I'm going to focus on reading and how we can do that more effectively. Mark Twain famously said, a person who does not read good books has no advantage over a person who cannot read. So reading is critical so we can learn as fast as the world is changing. Unfortunately, many of us were given a very damaging message about how to read when we were growing up, which was, thou shalt not write in books, textbooks specifically. And I understand the rationale. In our early school years, a textbook needed to last many years. And so writing in a textbook was a no-no. It would break down the book sooner. It would make it harder for others to read in subsequent years. Okay, got it. Makes sense. However, there's good research that says, hmm, no. The truth is, is that how best to use reading to learn and grow squarely points to an opposite message, which is for reading to really be effective, it needs to be a more physical activity. A more physical activity. What do I mean by that? Well, we often think of reading as a purely cognitive activity, a cerebral activity, only focused on thoughts and ideas. But the brain sees it very differently. It sees text as a tangible part of the physical world that we inhabit. Let me say that again. The brain sees it differently. It sees 
text is a tangible part of the physical world. And in fact, the brain essentially regards letters as physical objects because it does not really have another way to understand them. And this is important because it means that for us to best engage our brain in reading, we need to make our reading as physical and as active as possible. The sensory experience matters, especially the tactile experience, which is what we do with our hands. Francis Bacon said, Some books are to be tasted, others to be swallowed, some few to be chewed and digested. So if we have a choice, so what's the point of this? If we have a choice, we should read first and foremost a real book, not an e-reader. At least when it comes to wanting to increase our learning and retention from that reading. So that's number one. Next, we should engage in and wait for it. And sorry, Mr. Smith, one of my favorite teachers from high school, my music teacher. We should write in our book as we read. We should write. This makes it physical. It engages our brain in a way that it is designed, and so we retain more. Interestingly, and as a bit of an aside, but it makes the same point, we know that when we listen to a lecture of any sort, we retain more if we take notes than if we don't. That kind of makes sense. But going further, we also know that if we take notes using a pen and paper instead of a keyboard, we also retain more. And a big reason is because of that tactile experience. And it's more physical and it's more active. And that engages our brain more and we retain more. So what to do when we need to read for learning or we, we choose to read for learning? Well, if you're committed to being more physical and more active in your reading, as we're suggesting, take notes as opposed to use a highlighter. So this is the first part. Don't use a highlighter to highlight. I used to do that a lot in high school and in my uh, university life. Why? Well, it's kind of similar, but there's a slight caveat here. We know that taking notes is far superior for retention than highlighting because highlighting a textbook or anything we're reading doesn't require output. What does that mean? It simply means we don't need to do anything after we read the passage. No output is required from us. And because of that, it means we can stay mindless while we do it. And we don't have to immerse ourselves or organize the material as much because we know we don't need to do anything with the material after we read it. Now compare that to taking notes where because we know there's a chance we might need to create an output, and we don't always, but we, we, we're reading with the idea that we might create an output, we dig into the material in a different way. We try to organize it differently in our mind. And again, this is very conducive to retention. Mortimer Atler said, Enlightenment is achieved only when, in addition to knowing what an author says, you know what he or she means and why he or she says it. So, what's our method? Or at least what's my method based on the best that we know from science? I use a four-part system. This is for... Um, nonfiction, where I actually want to retain the information as opposed to fiction where I don't necessarily want to retain the information. 
So four-part system. I underline words as I go. I use a pen, not a pencil, because it's bolder. When it seems, and kind of, that's number one. Number two, when it seems more important and requires more than underlining, I put a star in the border or in, you know, in the column right beside uh, the paragraph or a large bracket. So it's kind of, that's the next step up, number two. Number three, when a passage or idea seems even more important, I actually write a few lines at the top or the bottom of the page. So I'll actually write a few lines. And this is truly an output part. So now I have to think about, okay, how can I, in a few words, get this idea together? And then finally, for some books, but not all, I go to the back where most books have a few extra pages left blank, and I write the big ideas in the back of the book. Now, what happens is that when I go back to the book, I I can just kind of survey the book and see, okay, where is there a note at the top or bottom of the book? And then it's almost like I can go to, okay, where is there something beside the paragraph, a star or a bracket, and then what's the underline? And now I can kind of go back to the book. But even besides that going back, what we know is that I've retained that information and I'm starting to make sense of that information. I'm internalizing internalizing that information. Robert Louis Stevenson said, I kept always two books in my pocket, one to read and one to write in. So as all things, as with all things in the last 8% Morning podcast, play with it. See what works for you. Experiment. But this is what we know around the, the best way the, to, you know, what science says about the best way to use reading to learn. Okay, so a way that we're going to help you be an aggressive learner in this last 8% Morning podcast, in our last 8% Facebook group, is to take part in our book club. And this is a bit of a different kind of book club. And this is the first time we're actually having it. It's the beginning of season two. And so we're going to be doing this different kind of book club. And let me explain. There are many times when we get pulled into our phone while we are not doing anything particularly important for a few minutes. Might be we're waiting for the kettle to boil or the coffee to be made or in the bedroom when we're going to bed or when we first wake up or maybe in the bathroom. And we start to look at our phone, our usual news websites, news feeds, you know, text, emails, and we get hooked. And before we know it, 20 minutes have gone by, or at least that's my experience of it. And the idea of this unique little book club of ours is to have a book handy in these places that we can read so we don't get hooked by our phone. A book that does not require a long read to get something out of something that might be inspirational or meaningful to us in a few pages. And it might take a month or two to get through the book in these small bites, but that's okay because we are taking care of what we feed our brain during these times when we might otherwise go on autopilot and get hooked. And we're also using learning, using reading to be an aggressive learner. So, Please go buy our first book, Pemmert Children's Classic, When Things Fall Apart. Don't buy it on an e-reader. Buy it in a real book. Get your pen and paper, pens and, not highlighters, pens. And I like to use different color pens at times. 
But in an upcoming episode, I'm going to discuss a few of the key ideas from the first part of this book. And I'm enjoying it immensely. I've read some of her other books. This is the first time I've read this book, and I'm loving it. And I think you'll get more out of that episode where I speak to it if you have a chance to start reading and, of course, taking notes while you do it. Uh, we are trying to figure out a good little name for this unique book club of ours. So if you have any ideas, please go to our Facebook group, Last 8% Project. Join the group if you haven't, and let us know your thoughts. Um, maybe I will send a book. Uh, here's an idea. I'll send... Um, the book I wrote, Performing Under Pressure, to whoever, uh, whosever title we choose. So there you go. All right, as we're finishing, three by three, which is how we finish our last day present morning. Three mindful breaths, right down to your toes. Now we move to three gratitudes. What can you immediately feel gratitude for without trying very hard? And finally, three goals. What are three goals for the day? Three activities. And if you listen to our last series on goal setting, how can these goals fit with all that good work that you did to create your best life, your three-year best life? You know, by the way, one of your goals can be just to enjoy the day. Enjoy more of your moments this day. So, as we're finishing bringing this energy into the day, this momentum. Use your three by three during the day if you're starting to fall off and lose a bit of focus, lose a bit of momentum. Luis Lamour said, once you have read a book you care about, some part of it always is with you. Have a wonderful day.